gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast episode 67 which is entitled let's have a chat i'm your host g2 and before i get into the topics of this episode um let me list you off the national food days of the week today being march 27th it is international whiskey day so please everybody drink responsibly tomorrow march 28th is black force cake day then after that march 29th is chifton cake day then march 30th hot chicken day then on March 31st, the last day of March, it is Clam Day as well as Oysters on a Half Shell Day. Then on April 1st, it is Sourdough Bread Day. Then April 2nd is PB&J Day. Well, PB&J, Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. Peanut Butter and Jellies are pretty great, especially Apple Jelly. Grape Jellies are kind of like second tier to me. Well, third tier. You got Apple, Strawberry, and uh, Grape Jelly. That's just my preference there. Uh, but yeah, those are your National Food Days of the Week. All right, to start it off, let's give an update on the Ukraine situation. It has now gone a month, and Russia is still uh, attacking the Ukraine, and it's not getting any better. I wish that it didn't uh, go to this situation. It's still crazy to me how uh, Putin just did this, and he just went out of nowhere to still do this. But anyway, um, Thursday... uh, Biden pledged $1 billion in U.S. humanitarian assistance to refugees fleeing the uh, invasion, fleeing the Ukraine. So, again, that is $1 billion from America going over to Ukraine, but in assistance. The thing that I just got a question is, again, for me being an American public, me being an American citizen, if you will, I just don't trust the American uh, government whenever they talk about that we're poor. And then we see that we're giving over a billion dollars to another country. I'm glad that we're doing it. Let's not try to stomp on that. I'm glad that we're doing that. But for American government to constantly say that we're poor or we're in some type of debt, some type of deficit or whatever from the last two years, uh, they keep on saying that they're going to hold back certain type of thing if we don't get this uh, debt situated dog. I just don't understand how we can give a billion dollars out to another country if we're so much in debt. But again, I don't want to step on the lead. Biden did say Thursday he's giving out $1 billion in humanitarian uh, assistance to refugees fleeing uh, Ukraine. So, again, that is a good thing right there. I just want to give that update. And as an American, I just want us to start thinking whenever our government says that we're poor. Uh, just I don't want to believe that. Also, the United Nations uh, Health Rights Office has said that at least 1,335 uh, civilians has been killed in Ukraine and 1,650 have been injured, but acknowledges that there is an undercut, undercount. So more or less, there's probably more people that have passed away that are civ- citizens, civilians from this attack. And again, this still doesn't make sense. Also, they did report that about 300 people were killed in a Russian airstrike last week at a um, movie theater or a theater, if you will, that was being used as a shelter in the Ukraine. Uh, the Ukraine authorities did say Friday and what would make it the world, the war's deadliest, uh, known attack on civilians yet. So again, 
I just want people in the Ukraine to please be safe. I know it's crazy. I know it's bad. I just don't know why he's still going along. Why why Putin is still going with this? I don't know. I just wish that okay, if Putin is doing this, I I wanted to stop because it's not cool. It's not fair. It's not right to them. It's just not. Uh, it just doesn't make sense at all. But again, prayers up to the Ukraine people. Please, for the love of God, everybody, please say a prayer to them. Please say a prayer that this thing ends uh, fast, hopefully, so no more deaths will be involved. No more people will be losing their lives. And this, this whole invasion uh, nonsense will be over with. Now, let me switch over to another uh, topic. This, again, was another unfortunate situation. And this is coming from Today.com. Um, as the title reads, 14-year-old boy dies after falling from free fall ride at Orlando Park. As it reads, a 14-year-old boy died Thursday night after falling from a ride at the Orlando Amusement Park that takes passengers 430 feet in the air before plummeting towards the ground at 70 miles per hour, authority says. On Friday, the Orange County Sheriff's Department identified the boy as... Tyree Sampson from Missouri. The boy was visiting Florida with another family. The department said the sheriff's department said in a statement that officers responded to a 911 call at the Orlando Freefall Ride at Icon Park in Orlando shortly after 11 o'clock. Witnesses on the scene reported that someone had fallen from the ride. The sheriff's department said the ride, which opened in December, holds up to 30 people and is considered the world's tallest freestanding drop tower, according to the park's website. A video of the ride taken by a bystander appears to show passengers discussing seatbelts with the crew before going hundreds of feet in the air. As the ride plummets to the ground, a rider can be seen falling from his seat. The Orange County Sheriff's Department later confirmed that a 14-year-old boy was taken to Orlando Health Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children where he died from his injuries. On the video, crew members can be seen gathering after the accident. One person asks, are you sure you checked him? John Steen, director of sales and marketing for the Slingshot Group of Companies, the owner and operator of the ride, said at the press conference Friday that the team was in a safety harness and that the park staff operated the ride with all the safety precaution in mind. The ride is currently closed at the park. The park did not respond to a request for comment by NBC News. I just don't know how to feel about that. I, I'm always worried, okay? I first and foremost, uh, give everybody's please say a prayer to... Uh, this young man's uh, family, they've lost a son, they lost a brother. I don't know who was in his family, but just go with me here. They lost a son, obviously we know that, but we don't know if they lost a brother, if he has siblings, but they lost somebody in that family. Um, it's 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 devastating. I'm always a worried wart when I go to a amusement park, if you will. I'm always the cautious uh, sibling. My brothers might be going on a ride, and... Um, they go on and it looks like high in the sky or something. I'm always like, nope, I'm good. I'm putting my feet on the ground. I'm good. If anything, I'm always the guy just, the I'm good guy. I'll give you guys like money for tickets or something. And that's it. If my brothers were to drink or something, which they don't, but just say I'm like the designated driver. I'm the guy that doesn't do nothing. The safety guy that watches everything to make sure everything goes good. That's supposed to happen. That's just me. And there's always one ride in particular that I've always like looked at that I never ever found like a safe uh that 
that that just doesn't seem safe to me. It is the swing ride that got the swing that's held up by the chains. That's one ride I'm surprised I haven't heard nobody like pass away from. There probably has view if I Google it, but I haven't heard nothing from it recently or anything like that. But getting to this, I'm just always worried about amusement park rides that are always up in the air. They'll take you off the ground, they'll send you up into the air and drop you quick to the ground, or they'll swing you around. I I'm always safe. I'm always cautious and nervous about that. I've always been that way, and I will continue to be that way, especially after hearing this. This just doesn't make sense. I saw the video of it from um, today.com. It's still up there. It's weird. It's weird because you see them. You see somebody have a legit talk with one of the workers saying about seatbelts, and I could have swore, and the thing somebody said, they don't have any. I could have swore I heard that under the breath. I could be wrong, so don't hold me for, like, don't hold me to that, but just watch the video yourself and just see if you can hear that. And then you'll see the ride go up and it just freeze frame and you'll see the body right there. That is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to happen. And this amusement park is going to have some money to pay. Obviously, they're not, I don't think there's ever going to be enough money to ever pay a family back for losing a family member. I don't think there's ever a price amount that's going to say, yep, give me that price amount that can bring my son back, bring my brother back, whatever the case may be. I don't ever think there's going to be ever be a like dollar amount signed to give back to somebody that's going to justify or even consolingly like, okay, I gave you a billion dollars. Now you can just not worry about your family member that happened to die. That would never be the case. So I just want to say I feel sad for um Mr. Sampson's uh, family, they lost a son and a brother. That's a tragic shame. And um, everybody, please, it's almost spring break for people out here. Prom time's coming up. So it's almost time for spring break and all that good stuff. People's going to be out here. All these people are out here getting these rides ready and all these type of things. Please be careful. Please, please be on the safe side. I know it's boring to be on the safe side you want to go wild and nuts and all that type of stuff but please for the love of god please be safe because we don't want nobody to end up uh passing away off of something that that that's just insane that shouldn't have happened this shouldn't have happened i don't think i have to say that but i think that's something everybody knows but that shouldn't have happened this kid should still be here to go about his time but he's not because of an amusement park ride it just happened to happen he didn't get secured enough apparently but um again um condolences to mr sampson and on to another tragic uh topic um there this comes from the root uh black trans woman tatiana labelle found dead in a garbage bin in chicago uh the article reads unfortunately the violence against black trans women failed to cease after our calls to action during the summers of 2020 and 2021 Tatiana T.T. LaBelle was missing for five days until her body was found Friday stuffed in a garbage bin, reported ABC7 Chicago. She was the second black trans woman to be found dead last week. I loved my sister, whether she was transgender or not, and I would like for me and my family to have justice, said LaBelle's sister, Shamika Thompson's Thomas, via ABC7. Investigators said LaBelle, 33, was beaten to death Per ABC 7's report, her body was found in an alley in East Chantham. A neighbor said once the garbage man pulled up the bin, everything fell out. Um, 
that uh, again, I just don't understand. Why do people kill somebody because of somebody's sexual orientation? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. This is 2022 now, and to me, you see gay. You see, okay, screw all that. You see interracial on television and on streaming on everything. You see, uh, man and man, woman and woman. You see trans with str- another person. You see everything on television. Everything is being publicized and shown on television. Yes, now, do I think um, there's now a thing where we're going to start seeing more, like, um, LGBTQ stuff on television to get it normalized so people can stop with this feeling that they got? Yes, obviously, and I'm glad for it because you wonder why. I am always of the belief that, you know what, you should love who you love, you should be who you be as long as you're not hurting anybody. If you're changing your appearance and all that type of stuff, you're not hurting anybody, you're just getting yourself right. And people might say, oh, you're hurting your mother and your father because they're not, they don't want you to change. Listen, you got to be happy with yourself. So let's make that perfectly clear. But as long as you're not literally like beating somebody up, killing somebody, that's what I mean by hurting anybody. I always am of the belief that you should love who you love, be who you are. And as long as you're not literally physically hurting somebody, you are good. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why we are still in this thing of we're killing people for being who they are. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Please, please, people, quit killing somebody for being who they are. You got to let people be who they be, especially if they're not bothering you. It doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, it says, per the advocate, LaBelle is the seventh trans person killed this year. Just the day before LaBelle's body was found, Chicago suffered the loss of black trans leader and activist Elsley Marley, who was found dead in Lake Michigan. Marley was only 31 years old. The proximity of both murderers is alarming, to say the least. An instance like this should be enough to catalyze a proper call to action to assure the safety of black trans women. However, nothing much has changed even after attention was brought to the issue during the nation's racial reckoning in 2020. Okay, again, I don't understand why we're at this point that people just, I don't get it. It might be because I haven't experienced like out there in this world and there's like a side that people just, like I'm not seeing something, but even then, I still don't get it. People need to let people be who they are. As long as they're not hurting you, you're good. Let these people live, man. Let these people live their life. Let them live, I'm not going to say their truth, but the truth. Let them be who they are. That's all I got to say about this. Please, please say a prayer to the family of Miss LaBelle for somebody um, murdering uh, her. And if you have any information, because listen, my podcast somehow is being hidden everywhere. In a lot of states, and this isn't a brag, but this is just what it is. If you happen to go on social media and you happen to read an article and then you start seeing certain body writing like some comments or something, look into that. Because that person, because we're in an era where people like to self-snitch on themselves a lot. And that person might be the person that did this type of thing or doing some type of action to attack uh, people of the LGBTQ community or people that just aren't like them. Just look into them to see if they have, well, any information or they're doing something. 
I would suggest that. But please, if you have any information on who killed Miss LaBelle, please give it up. This this shouldn't have happened. And please, again, say a prayer for Miss um, LaBelle's family. And again, this is another somber one. I'm sorry for keep on beating you over the head with them, but this is something that I think just need to be uh, said. Um, this come up from Fourth Worth Star Telegram. Is the title reads: "Mom killed visiting son's grave on his first birthday in heaven." Texas family says, in honor of her son's first birthday in heaven, Mother Yolanda Goja went to his grave at a Texas cemetery. Her ex-husband said, while she was there, he says she was shot and killed. I have no words because I can't believe this is real. This is stuff you see on movies, but it has become our life. The ex-husband shared on Facebook, I can't believe you are gone. How y'all gonna kill her on her son's birthday at his gravesite? See, again, right there. I don't I don't understand this stuff. You this is where we gotta cut. We got we gotta stop this. We gotta stop it. We gotta stop. We have to stop. As a black community, we gotta stop it. This was a black mother visiting her black son's grave. Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? The son was 21 years old. Okay, he died on New Year's Eve. No, no, not New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, according to his online obituary. So that was last year in January 2021. So the mother went to his grave, and you mean to tell me that, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna show him around, pop around, and just lay off, lay, lay some shots out? What are we doing? What are we doing? It says that a news relief, the killing uh police department confirmed officers were called to the 13,000 block of State Highway 195 at about 5 p.m. March 22nd following a shooting. Responding officers found two gunshot victims. Police said one victim had non-life-threatening injuries and was treated and released at the scene, but the other died of her injuries and was pronounced dead at 6.56 p.m. She was 52 years old. Police hasn't released the identity of the woman who died. That woman end up being the mother who was visiting her son, and the ex husband had to go to the um had to go and visit the body to see, and he was the one that actually said that yeah, that's that's my uh baby mother. It says it right there on KWTX reported that he had to identify his ex wife uh at the Calvary Bishop Church Garden of Memories Cemetery on March 22nd. So he had to do that at night, more or less. Because if she got shot literally at 5 p.m. and was pronounced dead at 6.56, yeah, that was at night. He had to go there and pronounce it. Here's the deal. Black community, we have constantly been on this whole thing about we are killing each other. I understand violence is going to happen to each other. I understand that. Black going is black. Is That's going to happen. We have this crab in the barrel mentality. One, we shouldn't have that because we are always on the bottom totem pole. I hate to say it. It's the truth. Black civilians, whether you're black man, black woman, black trans, it doesn't give two rats. We're on the bottom of the totem pole. We make things hot. We make things culture. We make things entertaining. Our genre rap is the number one genre in the world. And somehow, still to this day, we are still killing each other in rap. We're still killing each other out here in the streets. We still have gangs that are killing one another. But somehow, in some way, 
we don't come together and take out our opposition, aka whether it be high elitists that are keeping us at the bottom, or is going to be the police that happens to kill each one of us, and we always go with the Black Lives Matter deal. I understand that. I understand exactly what that means. Black Lives Matter is all about, we want police to stop killing us. We want police to do their job as in protect and serve, not just protecting white folks, but protecting us and doing what their job is supposed to. I understand that wholeheartedly. But how can we expect anybody to take it seriously if we're always killing ourselves? We're killing one another. We need to quit. This doesn't make any sense. This story doesn't make any sense. A mother was visiting her son's grave and people let off shots and a woman died at her son's cemetery, at his gravesite. Do you have no shame? Do you have no dignity? Somebody's paying their respects at a gravesite. We want to follow mafia movies because in the black... <laughs> In the black community, I don't care what nobody's going to say, people are going to try to disagree with me, but it's the truth. We love mafia movies. We love gangster movies. We love all that. And even in mafia and gangster movies, they have a code. They do. They don't go after children, and certain places are straight up sacred. We need, again, I've said this after young Dolph got killed just picking up cookies at a bakery for his mother in, what, November? I said it then and I'll state it now. There are certain places that we shouldn't be trying to shoot off at each other. There are certain places that should be safety and hollowed ground. Cemeteries, churches, bakeries, like places that we shouldn't, you shouldn't even have to say these places. But since we do, I'll name some. Again, the grave sites, uh, churches, um, bakery places, uh, grocery, I mean, if you happen to catch somebody slipping out there while they're on the street, yeah, sure, that's fair game, but whenever they are around with their family, no, uh, if they're going out of a movie theater, uh, no, what are we doing, you leave these places sacred because you're shooting up, not just them, you're shooting up innocent bystanders, and you're shooting up other businesses, no, that, that doesn't make sense at all, but again, the streets are the streets, but here's the thing, as a person that just watches everything, because that's all I am, I am a watcher, I'm telling you exactly how everything's being seen, ladies and gentlemen, and that's what I'm good at, we will always be on the bottom of the total pole, black community, we will always be on the bottom of the total pole, if we don't get ourselves together, and this story right here proves it, that we need to get ourselves together, if for not this, what else, what else is sacred, what else can we do, this was supposed to be a sacred time for a black mother to visit her son at, a, at his gravesite. We need to do better. Seriously, do better. Seriously, okay? And speaking of that, let me move on to another black thing that, thank God, we're at least getting this right. Um, This is the Supreme Court nominee, uh, Katanya Brown-Jackson. Throughout this whole week, she's been going through... Um, just people just questioning her constantly about some of her past uh, situations. I didn't go into it. I personally don't care because you want to know why. Because she's going to get into the Supreme Court. It's happening. Get used to it, okay? It's been, uh, her hearing has concluded. So now she's done being uh, questioned and just being 
blow to blow from I don't get it. First and foremost, congratulations to Catania Brown Jackson. First and foremost, congratulations, because you're gonna be on the Supreme Court. That's happening, okay? The last person that kind of got like nixed from not being on the Supreme Court after their name was being thrown into the hat was um Barack Obama's he nominated a DC Circuit Court judge, Merrick uh Garland, because he had to repay uh replace a uh associate justice who had died, but the Senate was in control by um the Republican Party, so they really held off on that and that nominee never ever got put into position. So that was literally in 2016. It has been six years. And I don't think that Mr. Brown isn't going to be in the Supreme Court. I don't think that they're going to uh, deny her. I think the Senate is going to take care of that. I think the Senate is going to do its best. And I think they're going to allow her. And I understand this is nothing but Republican and Democratic games. I understand this is politic games and yada, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I just don't understand it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is nothing but straight up just politicking. This is nothing but just garbage. What are we doing here? Just let her in. Let her in, bro. This is not, this doesn't, I don't understand it. I don't get it, but hey, whatever. Um, she handled herself with class because, by God, they would have showed some news clips of her probably, they would have, Twitter would have ate her up. Okay, if there was some type of her freaking out or something, because I didn't see nothing of that. I didn't see none of the case. I saw her handle herself a lot whenever I watched the news with poise and dignity and all that type of stuff. So, again, I'm glad to see her be able to hold herself with poise and dignity. I didn't like how uh, Lindsey Graham, like, flipped out and then he, like, left for a minute while the deposition was going. I didn't I didn't understand that. I just, I, uh, again... Smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors, politicians in place, smoke and mirrors in front of the uh, civilians' faces. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you are a Republican, Democrat, whatever, do not believe in these smoke and mirrors. Just know that people up in the big, people up in these big offices, aka the big wigs, there is secret power at play that we don't know about. And just know that this is nothing but backstage shaking of hands. I do not trust politicians at all in the slightest. I really don't. And, uh, so that just really affirms it to me that you flipping out like a little baby, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work. So again, I just want to give a congratulatory to Miss Katanya Brown for whole handing, for handling herself throughout this whole situation with class and dignity. Speaking of somebody that needs to have class and dignity, and this is not what you think it is. Uh, this is coming from NBC News as the title reads, This is Not Right. Wendy Williams pushed back on Wells Fargo guardianship petition. As the title reads, television personality Wendy Williams posted a video Wednesday pushing back against her bank, Wells Fargo, for freezing her accounts as it awaits a guardianship ruling in New York. Williams, whose legal name is Wendy Hunter, spoke to fans on Instagram regarding the ongoing legal battle to gain access to her personal funds. In the video, Williams accused her former Wells Fargo financial advisor of starting the process after Williams began asking questions about my money. Lori Schiller and Wells Fargo have this guardianship petition about keeping me away from my money. Williams said, this is not right, and you know this is not right. 
She also alleged that Schuller was given access to her medical records from a former doctor whom Williams says she has since fired, which are being used to justifiably, well, justify the guardianship petition. Williams ended the video by asking, please let me have access to my money. Wells Fargo on Thursday declined to comment on NBC News on the matter. In a statement to Variety last month, a representative for Wells Fargo said its priority was Williams' well-being and preservation of her privacy. As we have expressed to court, Wells Fargo is open to working with Ms. Williams' counsel to release funds directly to her creditors for bills historically and regularly paid from her accounts, the statement said. Schiller did not immediately respond to a request for comment. An attorney representing Wells Fargo requested that the company's petition be filed under a seal, according to a letter dated February 9th obtained by NBC News. The letter confirmed that Wells Fargo placed a temporary hold on Williams' account under Financial Industry Regulatory Authority Rule 2165 under the justification that the company suspects Williams is a victim of undue influence and financial exploitation now again this is just an update on what i said i think a couple months ago about wendy williams saying that she can't access her money that wells fargo is icing around and this is well proven it right here she's being iced out and i again i'm still gonna go with what i said before how can you ice somebody out of their own bank account it doesn't again this is another one that doesn't make sense i just want to have some type of understanding to it. They say that they think that she is a victim of undue influence and financial exploitation, but she had a financial advisor and it was Lori Schiller. So wouldn't you think that you would want to go after her and try to figure that out? But again, she's a Wells Fargo employee. And that just doesn't, uh, I, I that doesn't, that doesn't do well. How are you going to get at your, your, how are you going to get a person that works for your bank account, for your banking in saying that, yo, she was a, she's a victim of financial exploitation, but that's a person that works underneath your bank. You get what I mean? Wendy Williams had a financial advisor, Lori Schiller, and she worked for Wells Fargo. So if you're saying that she was a victim of financial exploitation, Ta-da! When you think you need to talk to your financial advisor about that, that's the person because a financial advisor, if I'm not wrong, and what I've heard from every artist and rapper and all that type of stuff, whenever whenever they have a financial advisor, they call them up immediately about, hey, yo, why did you buy this chain or why did you buy a big, a like expensive purchase? They are the people who they call you up. Which I could be wrong. They do say accountants too, but I would think that a financial advisor is an accountant because if you're a financial advisor. You're looking over somebody's account. You're advising them what is the best way to do about your money. I think that kind of goes into what a financial advisor is. I could be wrong. Yet again, I'm not a master. I'm not a uh, specialist in this. But just going off of the words financial advisor kind of puts two and two together. You kind of get the drift here. But it just doesn't make sense. Well, Fargo, please give Wendy back her money. Give her back her access into her accounts and for you guys to say that you guys talked well not talk but you guys have expressed to working with mrs williams counsel to release funds to her creditors for bills 
historically and regularly paid from her accounts, that's still not giving Wendy Williams her money. They're still not giving her access to her own money, money that she has worked for. She has been doing entertainment majority of her whole life. And the only thing I can say is that they, uh, Wells Fargo only has a shot about at winning this uh, guardianship is after everything Miss Williams has been going through. And I don't know when did Miss Williams fire her uh, financial inf- like advisor. I don't know. Was it after she fell on her show or was it before then? Because if it was after it, we start seeing a decline of Wendy Williams' health after she like fell on her show, after she had her moment. And then she had a documentary put out, I believe, last year. I believe last year. And it discussed her upbringing. And she talked about her doing drugs. She Then you see her in a present state, like having all these things, like things wrapped around her legs for her medical condition. And again, this just doesn't, it doesn't, I don't think that helped her, if anything, especially with being said that they're able, that they got uh, Miss Williams' uh, medical records from her former doctor, well, her doctor at the time, but Williams has since fired said doctor. And in the videos, Miss Williams said that she, that, Wells Fargo and Schiller, all the rest of them, they got documents from the doctor, and in the documents, apparently they had something that Miss Williams didn't know was even inside her documents. So again, ladies and gentlemen, please look over your documentation for your doctors as well. This is something that I'm learning as well. I don't make doctor's trips. I don't do a lot of visiting doctors because I don't have a lot of health like issues, and if I do have health issues, I take care of it at home. The only like big issue I probably got is like a throat issue but that's usually a sore throat thank god I never had a neck thank god I never like broke a bone or anything that made me go to a doctor but you get the drift if you're in a situation that you got um lawsuits coming up and they can potentially like get your medical records I would suggest you need to look get them first before your opposition can and look into it and just make sure that everything is right because if something's in there that they could use against you as a weapon because apparently this is what's happening with Ms. Williams, you probably want to try to nip that in the bud because, again, is this isn't right for Ms. Williams. I understand people don't like Wendy for her past, her um, getting at celebrities, getting into people's business and all this type of stuff. I get it. I understand that. Trust me, I'm a man that likes to hold grudges myself. but. Here's the thing. That's that's not that's not for anybody to get at. That's not that's not the that's not it. You can't get at her for this. You can't hold her money against her. It's not that's not fair and it's not right. By the way, Williams attorney did uh deny accusations that Williams' physical or mental health have impaired her judgment in a statement last month. Uh, her attorney also alleged that Wells Fargo had also denied access to Williams' son, who is legal power of attorney. She has spoken to several bank representatives and has even gone into a local branch and discussed this issue with bank managers as clear evidence that there are no concerns about her state of mind. Her lawyer said at the time, in fact, Wells Fargo's alleged su- suspicions were never raised until Wendy made it known that she was no longer wanted to bank at Wells Fargo due to the bank's mishandling of her 
complaints against her advisor. See, right there. So this shows you right here. First, you stop her from getting into her account, and then her legal power of attorney, her son, can't even get into her account. Wells Fargo, what are you doing with Wendy Williams' money? What are you doing? Are you guys stifled, like taking money out of her account? What are you guys doing? I'm not saying you guys are, but for you guys not to give Wendy Williams legit her son, her who is legal power of attorney, of her business, of her accounts, what's good? What's good? Seriously. Again, ladies and gentlemen, please be careful who you bank with. Please be careful of what's going down. Just please look into your business. That's all I can say. I, again, I'm this. I'm learning from this. I'm learning from other people's situations. I'm not a master at none of this. I always got to state that. So in the future, I'll be looking into my own business stuff. I'll be looking into my own accounts. I'll be looking into everything to make sure everything is still flowing straight to make sure no money's been stifled and taken out and all this type of stuff that I can get into my accounts. And uh yeah, so please, everybody, please, please be able to get into your stuff. Know what's on your medical records. So nothing can ever be used against you. And for the love of God, Wells Fargo, give Wendy Williams back her money and back control of her bank accounts. Um, Next topic, this is another one. CBS uh, New York has... Uh, topic reads, backlash continues after Mayor Eric Adams lift vaccine mandate for professional athletes and performers. There's new backlash against Mayor Eric Adams' decision to lift the vaccine mandates for professional athletes and performers. CBS 2, John Diaz has more on why the mayor says it must be done and what critics are saying. For every action, there's a reaction, and New Yorkers have plenty of them when it comes to Adam's new COVID vaccine exemption for professional athletes and performers, it appears most are angry. It's not a good look for New York, said Upper West Side resident Eddie Morrison. It's a no-win situation for him, said Kevin Hogan. I kind of think it's a double standard. Some point out with a new Omicron variant spreading now isn't a good time to drop the rule. I don't think it's healthy at all, said Kathleen Shimetta. Shimetta fears it will expose more people to the coronavirus that has already impacted so many. I lost seven friends to COVID and I know 76 who have had COVID and suffered terribly, Shimetta said. Adams said Thursday he's allowing the specific group to go unvaccinated to help the city function and bring in money. Tough choice, difficult choice, Adams said, but that's what I was elected to do. Most of the major municipal unions representing teachers, sanitation workers, and the police are against it. Sources say the NYPD has dismissed nine cops and 34 civilians for not getting the vaccine and thousands more could soon be dismissed since exemptions were denied and they're not hopeful their appeals will be granted. It's not fair and those people are not working. They're losing money, said Upper West Side resident Lottie Ward. More than 1,400 other city workers lost their jobs because they couldn't, well, they didn't get the vaccine. Many say the mayor should hire them back. That's true. I, I I feel that right there. If you mean to tell me, okay, you're allowing the professional athletes and like performers, and then when I'm thinking about performers, I think they're talking about like um Broadway performers and I believe things of that magnitude, because 
that's the only thing I could think of whenever they say, whenever he said like performers, um, because the Broadway league did respond to this. They said Broadway theaters, uh, anticipate no change in our protocols based on this announcement. We continue to evaluate our COVID-19 or COVID safety protocols for audience cast and crew in concert with our unions and medical experts said Charlotte Martin, president of the Broadway league. See, so I'm thinking he's talking about Broadway and all and like people coming in for like sporting events and all that type of stuff. Here's my deal. If you're going to make that exemption for them, you need to make the exemption for uh, police officers and like people in firefighters and nurses and all that type of stuff. Cause remember these people lost their jobs, but bud, they lost the job because they didn't want to get the vaccine. And you are telling me that, yo, how you're, you're, you're giving people in Broadway, the exemption to exempt from the vaccine mandate. You're giving athletes the exemption for vaccine mandates. How are you not giving just say, Ayo, we're exempting people that are, doing jobs just exempt them just give them the exempt that's my whole thing you gotta be fair is fair i understand like athletes bringing money for this for your state athletes bringing money because you get the sporting events and all that type of stuff and like broadway and all these like uh plays and all this type of stuff bringing money again to the state and all this type of stuff i understand it i get it however you do got crime going on and you mean to tell me that certain like officers have been fired probably some good officers i'm not gonna say all were good but some good officers got fired because they didn't want to get the vaccine and now you're telling me you're making a mandate that ao we got a vaccine mandate now that well an exemption for the mandate for only athletes and like performers but not people that were literally out here being around when covid was around when it first start dominating and i mean dunking on people and start shooting people off Hey, it's the truth. I hate to say it with that verbiage, but it's the truth. COVID was shooting and killing people in 2020. I mean, it was taking people out. But I believe that with everybody understanding exactly what COVID is now, and I believe that COVID has started to suffice more as the years have gone through, because 2020 was a monster. 2021, it started going down. I don't think it took out as many people as 2020 and 2022. I still don't think it took out as many people and as it did in 2020, because if it did, boy, we would not be in the situation that we were in. I think we would still be people being home, people being locked down. Schools would be on the computers, but no, people are back inside schools. And right now, people don't have to put their mask on in school. So, again, this shows me that the COVID situation has been able to at least be controlled to a point that not a lot of people are dying. So with that being said. Mayor Eric Adams, please give the vaccine exemption to these people that were also in their former jobs before. Allow these people to go back to work without getting the vaccine. You need to authorize that as well. Because again, these people are around. The nurses, the police officers, the firefighters and all that type of stuff. And now you got them out there in the cold because they didn't want to get the vaccine. But you're allowing these athletes and these performers to go on Broadway and uh, do their sporting events without the vaccine. I'm just saying, let fair be fair, dog. You got to You got to do that. You got to do that. That's the only way I can see how this will work, because if not, I promise you, we're going to have a lot of problems. Because, again, 
I just don't see how you're not going to have problems. You know, I don't think you're going to get reelected, if I'm going to be honest with you, dog. The way this is going, the way that people are all upset at you, and I understand we live in this microwave society, we're upset at you now, we're going to go off to another thing later. But again, I think people are going to hold this against you if you don't do right, and I don't think you're going to get reelected back whenever it's time for you, your time to be reelected. I get my guy for being mayor of uh, New York. So again, please make it right. Please exempt people from getting the vaccine and allow these people to go back to work, man. Let them go back because a lot of people are missing going back to work. A lot of people were good at their jobs, but hey, man, you're only allowing uh, athlete, athletes and uh, performers to uh, be exempt from the vaccine mandate. Again, that's just my two cents on that part. But again, hey, man, there's at least one good thing coming out of it. Kyrie Irving, he's allowed to play uh, basketball on... um. In New York, he's allowed, and tonight, he'll be going against the Hornets, if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong. I believe they'll be going against the Hornets, and this will be his first time playing in front of the New York crowd since COVID happened. So, yeah, I want to say congratulations for Kyrie for sticking to his guns, and I want to get the vaccine. Hey, man, you had to pay uh, some penance. You had to go without some checks. Uh, some good home game checks, but now you're going to get your money as you should have been. And uh, screw all the haters that don't uh, like that Kyrie's playing back. Kyrie gets to play back basketball. He got, he stuck to his guns, and I'm happy for that. I'm not saying screw the people that's not happy for that's not happy that uh, Kyrie's playing, as in because he get the exempt from it. I'm not saying that because, again, I still stand with fair is fair, and I believe the air gap should be allowing everybody to... Uh, go back to their jobs with the exemption from the vaccine mandate. I believe in that wholeheartedly. But Kyrie Irving stuck to his guns in a basketball setting when they get paid millions of dollars. A lot of sports analysts, more like the main name was Stephen A. Smith, constantly bashing Kyrie over and over. Every time the name Kyrie would get brought up and somehow vaccine would always get put in with his name every time he get put into the situation. Kyrie stuck to his guns and he... Uh, made sure that, hey, I'm not taking the vaccine, I'll play away games, and hey, I'll just get deducted from my check, and uh, now he'll get his full check now, so I am happy that Kyrie gets to do that, even though I'm not a sports podcast, because remember, if you haven't figured this out yet, let me tell you now, I do not keep up with sports, the only time I keep up with sports is anytime it's like the big time situations, like the Super Bowl, I'll watch those, in the NBA, I will not Finals take too long. They need to be like the NCAA where every team plays each other in a tournament style. But I'll get to that whenever I do get to it. I'll have my brother here and me and him will talk about that whenever the finals happen. Um, But yeah, I'm just happy about that. The only thing I will talk about for time to time is wrestling. And I do that on my Saturdays. So there you go for that. Um, The last topic I want to get at, want to talk about is I know this is going to be a tough one for certain people because certain people are uh, sticking to their guns on this, but just hear me out when I say this, all right? This is the don't say gay bill that has been going down in Florida for this whole entire week. We've been seeing like people from Disney, uh, employees and people, LGBTQ activists, uh, Saturday Night Live, even the White House saying something about the don't say gay bill. Listen, I have no idea what that was until I had to look it up and um, get some facts about it, and the main things that it was originally, not even originally, 
that it was basically going at is that they're trying to prohibit um, the teaching of sexual orientation and gender identity from elementary age classrooms, basically starting from, I believe, um, kindergarten through third grade, as well as um, the bill prohibits schools from withholding information from parents regarding their children's mental health, emotional or physical health, as well as the bill allows parents to file lawsuits against school districts they believe violated the legislation. But the main thing that people got mad at is not because of uh, the bill prohibiting schools from withholding information from parents regarding their children's mental, emotional, or physical health, or even um, parents filing lawsuits against school districts because they believe they violated the legislation. No, it's because people believe that sexual orientation and gender identity should be taught from elementary, well, kindergarten all the way to eight to the third grade. Here's my thing on this. And here's a hot take for me. I'm not even going to try to even be funny with it. I think that that type of sexual, like orient, sexual gender, sexual orientation and gender identity should be held off until I say sixth grade, middle school. I believe that. Because I did research on this, and I just did a quick Google search, literally a quick one, and I asked this one question. Do third graders learn about slavery? And they, this is a quick one you can easily type in. And the first thing that pops up was well, this one quote. They learn about Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, or Frederick Douglass very early as heroes who opposed slavery, and they are not taught what slavery is until fourth or fifth grade and often in surprising ways, and that's coming from an article in 2018. You're gonna read so many other things, and people might say, Gerald, 2018 has been like what five years since 2018. I understand that. Trust me, I try to go through much and much extensive back like searching for to see if slavery gets taught uh in third grade. Because for me, and I always got a preference this for me, slavery wasn't taught until I got into middle school. Slavery wasn't taught until I got into middle school. Like, legitimately, we had Black History Month. We learned about Black uh, people. We learned about the... the we learned and celebrated Black uh, individuals and figures not the way that it is now. We didn't learn as much information that people are getting these information now. We learned about Martin Luther King. We learned about Rosa Parks. Those are always the two general ones that we learned about constantly every single year. But now I think kids are starting to learn about Malcolm X. They're starting to learn about, um, I believe now they're starting to learn about Emmett Till. They're starting to learn about Fred Hampton. I believe they're starting to learn about, I mean, there's they're learning about Barack Obama now because he was the first black president. I mean, they're starting to learn more about black history because their internet is now available to them and they're able to go online on like in the school systems and all this type of stuff, we weren't able to whenever I was a small child. So now information is being thrown and thrusted into their faces for at the earliest of age. Okay. So now with that, my idea is I would wait until they're in the sixth grade, sixth grade, you're probably about 12 years old, 12 years old. You start already developing. You start already coming up with ideas of your own already. You're already starting to already uh, think about who you are. You're already starting to try to contemplate who you are. Do I like this? Do I like that? Blah, blah, blah. You already have an idea about the sex that you like. Do you like men? Do you like women? For me, I start liking girls in the fourth grade. 
I knew that off rip. So I'm just going by, again, my situation, because even in the middle school, you start seeing people with boyfriend and girlfriends in middle school age. So again, there you have it. I think at the middle school age, sixth grade for me, I say that's when you start teaching about sexual orientation and gender identity and all that type of stuff. Yes, I believe that in elementary school, you could teach about uh, things that happen to the LGBTQ community, but you have to figure out a way that the small children brain can understand that because you don't want to force like horrific type of ideas of what happened to people at LGBTQ back in the years back then to try to make these young children understand what that means. What what does that mean? What does that mean? No, you got to break it down in a way for them to understand, okay, this is what happened to them or blah, blah, blah. You could teach them about gay and all that type of stuff. You could teach them that, but I believe that with sexual orientation and gender identity, you need to do that in the sixth grade because somebody might say when they teach a child that, and then the child might go home and say, I don't know. I'm not a boy, nor a girl. Hold on. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Yesterday, you, you wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you doing? And then you're going to have this conversation, this weary, drilled out conversation. Listen, that's just my idea of what should happen. Again, I'm not a parent, but I am a person that happens to have a sibling who is a young sibling of mine. And I look over them and I have to make sure that they're good. And I always got a question. We have a conversation from time to time. And even my young sibling, my sister, she she asked me questions, not questions about sexual orientation or genitalia or uh, male gender identity. She doesn't do any of that. Matter of fact, we just watched Turning Red. And that's all about a girl going through puberty. And if you're a female, you know that is like for another female. Me, I'm a dude. I'm watching Turning Red, and I'm like, so this, so I'm getting a glimpse about what could happen in the future. And even though it's a Disney movie and it's cutesy and all that type of stuff, Turning Red is still something that I think that a lot of people need to watch, especially if you're a family that has daughters, whether it be one daughter or multiple daughters, you need to watch that. And I believe that if you are a person that, has a baby girl, you need to watch that. If you're a family that have none but boys, I mean, you can watch the film. It's none but a cute, like, little Pixar, like, animated, like, Disney film. Cool. But I believe if you have daughters, I believe you take, you look at that way much more differently because you're going to see, even though it is real exaggerated, you're going to start seeing the different things of what happens, how a girl changes, and how their attitude start to change, and all this type of stuff. If you've seen Turning Red, you understand exactly what I'm talking about, and you don't want to be that overbearing uh, parent to not know what's going on, or you want to be too involved. No. Okay? I watched that with my sister, and she hasn't gone through puberty yet, but I'm already starting thinking, okay, what's going on? What's going to have to happen? I see the mother being overbearing, and she ends up, spoiler, there's one part of the movie, if you haven't seen Turning Red, I'm sorry, this fast forward, what, 20 minutes, 20 seconds, hopefully I'll be over by this point, there's a moment in the movie where the mother will see her daughter, like, freaking out, she goes and grabs her daughter's notebook, and in the notebook, you see the daughter, like, drawing a whole lot of, uh, photos of a boy that she likes, the mother freaks out, she goes over to the job where the boy works at, and shows him the photo, saying, you did this to my daughter, you corrupted her, 
And it basically embarrasses the daughter. The daughter has to go back to school and face this embarrassment. And it's all in her head. But because of one guy being a dick. But you get the drift. Puberty and all that type of stuff. That stuff gets taught what in the middle school age. And I think that sexual orientation and gender identity should be taught in the middle school age. And the middle school timing. Let children be children. Yes, they're going to learn about that. They're going to learn about slavery. They're going to learn about gender, sexual orientation, gender identity. If you want to teach them about that, do that in your own sanctity of your own home. Do that there. And then whenever they get to the time that they're in school and they start learning about, well, every other person in the classroom learns about that, your child might be having one up on them saying, okay, I already learned about that with my family. My family already talked about this and da-da-da-da-da. And they will already have like the knowledge for this thing. But as of right now, I believe that kindergarten through third graders should not be learning about this. It is not me going against the LGBTQ community. Again, I'm not against you guys. That's just want to make that perfectly clear. I just think that this situation should be honed in and that families should be the ones to take care of that if you want them to talk about that. I think families inside their own homes should be talking about that, not the school system until they're in middle school, sixth grade era issues. You can do it fifth grade if you want, sure, but I think sixth grade because that's whenever things start to really click off in people's minds and they really start trying to figure out who they are. They don't have the answers to who they are yet, but they start to really click to, okay, bong, I know what this is. I know who I'm starting to get what I like, what I don't like. Do I like this band? Do I like this rapper? Do I like this uh, cake? Do I like this color? Really? Do I like these people that I'm hanging around? I think now, especially with this new crop, and I always got to say this with this new crop of Children, this new crop of teenagers would have the internet truly assess that they, they get access at any moment from the ages at the age of three with an iPad or cell phone at their fingertips. I think now more than ever, sixth grade is really the time to really start talking about it. And hopefully by that time, they already start knowing certain things because their parents talk to them. And if not, guess what? They'll go online. They'll start doing their research on social media. They'll start doing their research and Googling all these type of things to figure out what it is. So it could be an easy transition over. I just think that now children that are in kindergarten through third grade, even though they have these iPads and the information at their fingertips, they need to still be children. They need to learn math and English and all these other uh basic necessities before you start getting into complicated uh situations because sexual orientation that's a complicated thing to really discuss with a kindergartner even up to a third grader that's complicated for their brains to understand you got to break it down to them gender identity another thing that's complicated but you got to break it down to them again kids are really really unfiltered i'm just gonna be blunt with you kids are unfiltered they'll say what they want say and if it hurts your feelings hey yo dog they're just being blunt and hey they're just Bluntly ignorant. That's just what it is. So, again, to finish this off, don't say gay, Bill. I don't, they're not saying don't say gay. They're just saying keep the sexual orientation, gender identity away from the children that are kindergarten through the third grade. 
I think that's cool. I think that's fine. I think people are getting a big hubbub about it. Listen, just do your research on it and you'll understand it. And then you come to terms with that yourself. Okay. Me, I believe that AO, give it off to the middle schoolers. Let them handle that. Let the children still be children and let them be able to enjoy and be friends with everybody that they have around them. That's all I'm just saying for that. All right. Uh, now, with all that being said, let me get you guys out of here. Here's my social media links where you can find me at on Twitter. You can find me at at my two podcast, Instagram, my two cents podcast, G2. And my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Again, this is not for me to uh, discourage anybody from uh, talking to me about anything. I give you my email every single week so you can talk to me. So you can talk to me about anything that I miss, anything that I'm not uh covering right if you think that i got the wrong information about something hey you can email me and i'll talk about it uh with you email you back and forth and then if i really did get it wrong truly i will come back to the pod next week and or after the conversation is done with literally the next week and i will talk about uh me getting it wrong and i will never use my who you are as i'll just say hey i talked to somebody somebody emailed me and they said that he hey you got the wrong information and there it is i'll correct myself and i will apologize as i would do if i were to talk to somebody in person also my email is also there for anybody who want to talk to me about anything whether you're sad depressed happy if you just feel that you need to talk to somebody you don't know who to talk to i am here don't think you can't talk to anybody to nobody because somebody's always here that's why the email is here okay um i want to thank apple podcast google podcast podbeam Amazon Music and Audible for being the big, uh, big wigs that allowed me to do what I do and allow me to say what I got to say, say what I want to say without no repercussions. Again, I always say things respectfully. So I think that's the reason why I get, um, I don't get like an email from any of these people saying, Ayo, you need to take this down or anything. So I want to say thank you for, uh, allowing me to do what I've been doing now. I believe with that out of the way. I always remember. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you guys. I do truly do. Don't think just because I said something here, don't think to take it to heart. Always remember, I truly do love you guys. This is just me giving my opinions and my thoughts on it. Remember, this is my two cents podcast. So it's kind of in the name of giving you guys my two cents. But anyway. Uh, I want you guys to have a great Sunday. Please check out my Saturday episode if you didn't listen to Wrestling Highlights of the Week. Um, again, have a great Saturday. Let's have a great start off to a great, uh, well, to a great new week. Sundays are always a great new week. Well, a great day to start off a great new week, if you will. And don't be a dick. Be courteous. Be nice to everybody that who you come in contact with because you don't know what type of problems they're dealing with. And uh, just constantly be a civilized human being and have respect for everybody but with that all being said this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 he is i and i am him i love you all this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again and that's more or less next sunday if you listen to sunday podcast and more or less next saturday if you listen to the wrestling highlights of the week but if you listen to both i truly appreciate it but anyway i love you all have a great day and now Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.